the best thing that we can do just as a school board or as candidates running for school board, you know, with the information we have is just stay up to date with it and then try to see what things the educators, the teachers think would help. Because right. me being outside of the classroom, it's only so much that I know and can say. Mm -hmm. But if I actually am present and can show up with the educators to know these are the things that are helping our students, these are the things that are not helping our students. Um, these are the learning methods mm -hmm. that may that we can implement to enhance the ones that may be struggling or the ones who may be doing excellent all year. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to the test, they have testing anxiety yes. and that causes them to not do as well on the test. So if we can just kind of um, stay in the best communication with the parents and educators to figure out what's the best possible scenario to keep our students in a good place. Right. Because we don't want anyone to think that it's only about the test scores, but we also want them to know that we care about them enough because we care about your children's education. Howdy, you're listening to the Think Process Podcast. We host conversations with locals, politicians, and policy experts to help families thrive in Brazos County, Texas. So when you're thinking about how to make your community better, just remember, think local, think Brazos. Okay, uh, this is the Think Brazos podcast. Um, we are going to do a series in the next few weeks, um, interviewing candidates for the Bryan ISD races. And so for this race, it is a single member district place two. This is Chrissy Ransom. Um, and she is uh, a product of Bryan ISD. And uh, so she's gonna tell us a little bit about what she thinks um, should be done with Bryan ISD. So Chrissy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, so like you said, I'm Chrissy Ransom. Um, I grew up here in Bryan ISD, went through um, elementary all the way through high school, Rudder, uh, graduated from Rudder High School in 2013. This is my 10-year reunion this year. Um, and honestly, um, I just want to run for school board because I feel like that we are in a place where we're transitioning into a more innovative time. Um, and I would love to be a part of that just to be a young perspective to uh, bring in new ideas that would merge in with the tried and true um, things that were already set in place and methods um, and just to make it a better place so that everyone could thrive. Um, all of our students in every way that they think would be able to thrive in the things that they want to do. Okay. And you have never run for any elected office before, is I that right? Not. Okay. Is, is it uh, kind of nerve wracking? Um, it can be a little bit, um, but I know what the reason is why. Um, and so I think that I just hold fast to that okay. to continue on in what I'm doing. And in, in single member district place two, uh, it looks like there are three candidates, right? So we've got the incumbent, um, Miss Julie, Julie Harlan. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I always want to say Judy for some reason. Uh, and then, um, and then we also have a third candidate as well. So, um, yeah, sounds like it's going to be a fun time. It is. Good luck. Is. <laughs> so let's talk, let's back up a little bit, talk about um, your background. Uh, we already mentioned that you are uh, went to Bryan ISD mm -hmm. schools. Um, what's your um, your history as far as working, living in Bryan? You know, have you been here your whole life? I have. I've lived here my whole life. Okay. Uh, my parents grew up 
graduated from uh, Bryan High School. Oh, wow. And so a lot of my family have actually been here for a long time. Okay. Um, and so I went to Rudder. Like I said, I graduated in 2013. I actually went part-time to Hammond Oliver, which was a health science school here at the time. Okay. Um, and then once I graduated, I went to college for a little bit. Um, and then I started working in the education field um, mm -hmm. as a um, instructional assistant over at Davila Middle School. And so okay. I was there for almost five years. Mm -hmm. um, only reason I transitioned from there was because I got a better opportunity while going to school to uh, start working at Keller Williams Realty. Okay. Um, and so while I was working there, I was the education director there and I was able to merge in that educational background of possibly becoming a teacher or something um, with what I was doing there to help new agents be able to merge in and kind of integrate into the okay. systems there. Is is you said education director. Is that typical for a um, realty company? What did what did, what all did you do in that? So you... really, um, it just depends on each company uh, okay. how they name it. Uh, with me, it really started out with the recruitment side. Okay. Um, bringing in new agents, um, mm -hmm. kind of starting them off, letting them know how they can get started. But with Keller Williams, they're uh, more innovative and more of a technology company now. Okay. Um, and so it kind of made it easier to have a go-to person to be able to help them know, this is how I put this in. This is how I start farming. Yeah. This is how I'd be able to get my database together. Hmm. And so that's the educational part of it, because while they're finishing their classes, yeah. I can let them know what they need to do you know, to start out becoming a realtor. And then mm -hmm. once they become a realtor, I'll be able to kind of guide them through their first 30, 60, 90 days of being a realtor instead oh, of them just being out there, figuring it out on their own while trying to build their business. They have like yeah, some go-to people. So it was myself, a couple other people that they can come in and call, have sit-downs with that kind of help mm -hmm. fast track that process. Okay. And uh, you're looking to get your your license as well at some point? Maybe? Absolutely. I'm about halfway done with my All real right. estate license. Um, I've passed three tests. That's awesome. And, uh, I have three more to go. Okay. And so I'm thinking to get that done in the next month and then uh, go take my state and national exam. Okay. And I'll be a licensed realtor, okay. most likely at Keller Williams. Well, you mentioned uh, at the beginning of this that um, a little bit about why you're running, but I, I just want to go through it again one more time. You know, if, if you had to pick, you know, in just a few words, why it's important to elect you as um, the single member district place to representative for BISD. What would that be? How would you say that? Um, the best way that I could say it um, really would just be, I think that I'm the best candidate because I'm new, because okay. I'm fresh, a fresh perspective. Okay. Um, not that the people that are in place right now um, can't do the job because they're doing an excellent job. But I feel that we're entering a new age, not just with technology, but with new methods, new minds, new things that are being implemented. And I think that if we have someone who are closer to the age group that actually cares about um, how people think and how people learn, we will be able to implement those things in our school district. Okay. Now, I know that the school board also has other job responsibilities that don't necessarily touch just the normal classroom setting. Right. But if we can bridge the gap between community and the school district, then I think we'll be able to come together and find the best possible way mm -hmm. to bring life to these new possibilities for our students okay. and, and that, teachers. And that actually brings me into my next question I was gonna ask you. You mentioned about new ideas, that kind of thing. Let's hear a few uh, specifics, if you have some, about um, some ideas you might have 
uh, for either changes or, or maybe things that, that you've thought about that could help BISD? Um, so I don't really have a lot um, because I'm more of a hands-on person. So I would like okay. to be able to be present in those places and then be like, okay, so here's some things that we can present. Um, but mainly just um, the learning environment. Um, teachers are doing the best that they can with what they have, mm. for sure. And I applaud every educator in every possible way. Sure. Um, but if we can find more of a open setting where students can really be able to express themselves through the way that they learn. Mm -hmm. We know that people love to say, I want my child to be a, a lawyer. I want my child to be a yeah. doctor. I want my child to be, you know, whatever they choose, um, a teacher. But there are loads. I'm talking about so many different aspects that students can go to be able to be in these different careers that are not just a typical, you know, doctor, lawyer, right. um, teacher. Mm -hmm. And so I think that if we could try to reach as many people as we can where they are, maybe hear the voices of the children, mm -hmm. um, maybe even sit down with the educators to just know these programs are really, really thriving. And these are the things that I want to do. And then maybe these programs are not touched as much. Mm -hmm. So maybe we could kind of redirect those things to something else, right. but just kind of being present and being an ear to the people so that when, you know, our students get to a certain point, they don't start dropping off because I'm no longer interested in things I was before mm -hmm. or I'm no longer interested in the typical career choice right um, and I know that we have the college and career center um, we have the CTE and all that um, and so that is a excellent step towards the type of things that I'm talking about um, but if we can just enhance that in any way I think it'll also enhance the district because once those students graduate if they choose not to go to college mm -hmm. they have some other kind of career that they can right. go into okay now it seems to me, looking at it from the outside, that um, the BISD Board of Trustees, part of their job is to be almost like cheerleader in chief for the district. Um, so I want to ask you this. If we've got a, fa let's say we have a hypothetical family moving from another state or another city. Uh, you know, here we have an interesting community where there's a bit of choice, right, mm -hmm. between districts. What would you tell that family about BISD as far as why they need to move here into this district? Um, really just what the Brian ISD motto is now, children first. Mm. Um, a lot of people want to know that their children are going to be taken in and nurtured and taken care of. And so if we show up for those students the way that we prove and say that we do, then that's the best way to bring the new people in, mm. that community uh, aspect of everything, because everyone that's on the school board is a volunteer. Mm -hmm. And so if I can show that not only am I volunteering for this position, but I'm also a product of this community, then that'll make people warm enough to know this is where I want to be. Mm. This is where I want my children to grow up. Okay. Um, and then going into a question that's probably a, a little bit more of a touchy subject. Um, you know, I was doing a little bit of research before we started this series, uh, looking at um, state test test scores. Mm -hmm. And it, it does appear that if you compare to the state average, BISD has some work to do still uh, with those test scores. What is your, your feeling on, on um, you know, scores generally for the district? Um, and because I know a lot of people have opinions on that, but then um, do you have any ideas for, for how they may be able to be boosted? Because um, honestly, it does matter when, again, when a family is thinking about moving to the district. Right, right. 
Um, well, I do know that BISD actually had a pretty good score. Um, I know that TEA did some changes mm-hmm. um, that gets really deep into it that I won't really talk about, you know, because I'm still learning right. myself. Um, but TEA did a lot of different changes. And so the, the scores don't look as good as they were mm-hmm. just because of the scale that they were on. Uh-huh. Um, but the best thing that we can do just as a school board or as candidates running for school board, you know, with the information we have, is just stay up to date with it and then try to see what things the educators, the teachers think would help because me being outside of the classroom, it's only so much that I know and can say. Mm -hmm. But if I actually am present and can show up with the educators to know these are the things that are helping our students, these are the things that are not helping our students, um, these are the learning methods mm-hmm. that may impl- that we can implement to enhance the ones that may be struggling or the ones who may be doing excellent all year. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to the test, they have testing anxiety yes. and that causes them to not do as well on the test. So if we can just kind of um, stay in the best communication with the parents and educators to figure out what's the best possible scenario to keep our students in a good place. Right. Because we don't want anyone to think that it's only about the test scores. But we also want them to know that we care about them enough because we care about your children's education. And that's a part of it. Right. So best thing for me, I guess, to answer your question and sum it up is just to stay in the best communication with the people who impact those things to make our children, you know, test well. Sure. Makes sense. It's a tricky, tricky subject. And uh, yeah, moving to a a different subject, um, I think anybody that was paying attention to the politics in this town last year, there was a bit of a, um, I guess you could call it a fight or a, a disagreement um, between the city, the community, and um, BISD. It appeared, looking from the outside. I think that was fall of 2022. Um, I think that the news was covering it as something they called a bus barn. Mm -hmm. I still don't quite understand exactly what was going on there, but it seems like a lot of people were interested in it. What, what was going on there and what was your take on it? Um, so I'm a little biased to the situation just because, um, my mom is actually a bus driver. She's been a bus driver for about 20, I believe 23 years so far. Um, even when I was in school. Uh, so I don't want to make it too much about it, uh, for that reason. But, um, I I think it really just had to do with, uh, the placement of the new facility, um, transportation Mm -hmm. facility of Busborne. Um, and then just, you know, some battles, like you said, internally with different things that Mm -hmm. were going on as far as getting it built and all that, because, um, that was one of the things that was passed with the previous bond, um, Mm. the transportation facility and then Sadbury Intermediate, which was the new school. Um, Which they just uh, finished that one. They right? did, and they recently actually had the dedication. It was oh, nice. a wonderful event. Um, I, you know, I think that we do what we have to do, mm-hmm. and that that sounds pretty. I don't want to say shallow, but um, we do what we have to do. All we can do is try to get the facts of the situation. Me, like I said, I'm kind of biased to the situation because my mom's been a bus driver, and I think that the facility was needed mm-hmm. um, and necessary. Um, just because they are the first face that any of our children see. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that they deserved to have a up-to-date facility just because if you go out there, there were some improvements that were necessary for our number one people that our children see. Right. So why not give them a new facility? Yeah. Not just because of that, but also for the uh, beautification and improvement for Brown Eyes D. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think that it was a issue that needed to be solved, and it was solved. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
you know, going, sticking on that line, um, I did notice that I don't know if this was a new development following all that or if it's been going on for a while, but um, I did notice that they have a, like a joint um, board mm -hmm. that, that BISD and city council kind of meet regularly to be able to, to hash out these issues. And so I think that's a really cool idea. From our perspective, it's like, you know, both sides need each other and uh, having good relations there, you know, is, is pretty important. So we hope to see more of that in the future. But um, let's see here going. Um, I had one other issue I wanted to, to ask you about, and then um, we will move into if there's anything else that you want to speak on. Um, there, there's something, it's not just College Station uh, ISD, it's, it's going on, I think, in places around the state and the country, but um, recently there was a, a story on the news um, where their superintendent um, was being asked questions about creating a new um, third high school, mm -hmm. and uh, his response was interesting, and it was that uh, there isn't sufficient um, growth to be able to handle that right now, which is fine. Um, but there have been other stories in the last couple of years of um, schools closer to the center mm -hmm. um, actually losing students um, in a significant way, um, it appears, and uh, maybe more of this migration to the edge and that kind of thing. Um, do, you know, do you know anything about that in Bryan? It doesn't appear like Bryan's having the same kind of issue, but do you know of schools that are actually losing um, people? Not Easy that I kids. know of. Yeah. Um, Brian is actually growing very rapidly. Mm -hmm. And so I think that um, with the addition of Sadbury, it kind of um, evened out the schools okay. in regards to the amount of children there. Um, and so I think that um, we don't have that issue in Brian. I could be wrong. Um, I'm not familiar with the exact numbers. But I don't believe that we have that issue just because Brian is actually rapidly growing. Mm -hmm. um, I know that college session is too, but a lot of people are coming to Brian to actually um, start families. Mm -hmm. And so this is where their kids normally yeah. would go. So I don't think that that's an issue here. Do you think that we're building the right kind of housing for, um, you know, our like I said, families moving in, families that are already here, in order to be able to accommodate those students and their families that are um, going to be ISD or will be. Do you feel like we are, or is there? I think that we've made a start. Okay. Um, there's always room for improvement. There's always room for more affordable housing. You know, there's always going to be a group of people who you know need better housing or need mm. improved housing. You know, they grew up in family land or family homes that may need some improvements done to them. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, there's always room for improvement. But um, I think that we are on a good start with that. Okay. Um, just because there are new developments that are coming up that are geared towards mm -hmm. families. Yeah. So. Okay. Did you see in your time as a education assistant, did you ever run into these, um, you're at Davila, you ever run into students where their education is, is suffering because they're having to move around so much? That's, that's a thing that we at Habitat for Humanity hear about quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know if you had run into that at all. Absolutely. Um, out at Davila at the time, we actually had quite a few students who would fall at that poverty line. Mm. 
Um, and sometimes it would actually affect their education just because sometimes they were going home in homeless situations mm. um, or what they would be considered homeless situations, staying with other family members. Right. Um, sometimes they were in a situation where parents may have lost their job. You know, uh, we hit a COVID year and, yeah. you know, we had all those things going on when I was at Davlin. So we got to kind of see the transition of people who kind of fell off because yeah. they lost their jobs and all of that. So absolutely, I, I got to see that. Um, I also got to see some triumph mm -hmm. because some families actually were able to enter into what we consider the middle class because they were able to start businesses oh, while great. they were out, you know, during the pandemic. So it's always a thin mm -hmm. line either side yeah. um, because situations can change rapidly. Right. Um, and so we got to encounter lots of students who were going through different situations mm -hmm. with housing and um, just their living situations in general. Yeah. And that, that brings up an interesting um, thought is, so you were there, during the pandemic, uh, when I guess, were you there when kids were actually having to be at home and doing the remote learning? Yes. So regarding those children who come from, you know, the poverty level, was there a lot of difficulty even them being able to connect and things like that if they didn't have good internet service or? Um, not as much as you think. Okay. There was some, um, because some people lived way out, right. you know, cause Brian does have those rural areas attached yeah. to the district. Um, but Brian ISD actually did a very good job to make sure that students were equipped with not only, um, computers that they needed to do their work, but with Wi-Fi, oh, um, hotspots. And so, you know, you went through the process. It was very easy to get them checked out. And a lot of students were actually able to share it because you had multiple students in one house whether oh, nice. they were siblings or you know cousins or something like mm -hmm. that but they were all able to come off of their hotspot to do their work mm -hmm. and so the um percentage of students who weren't able to do it was actually very low because of that wow. so i applaud whoever put that in yeah. place um to get that hotspot because computers are great but a lot of people didn't have wi-fi you know yeah and so that really helped out a lot um during that time so bisd's it department or whoever uh, did they actually, in some cases, go into the homes and set up this this hotspot? Or well, what they did was uh, there was a form that had to be filled out, okay. you know, just to check it out, and they would actually send all of it to the schools. Okay. So the students were able to do something like a curbside pickup. I see. Um, our parents were able to do a curbside pickup, and in some cases, we even had some educators that were willing to deliver it, you know, if there was no car in the home yeah. or something like that. So the community really came together to make sure that these students were taken care of during that time. Awesome. but still in a safe manner yeah okay well what else do you want to tell the people um in the district you're running for um whether it's about education and housing or whatever you want to is there anything we've missed um there's not a lot um actually i just want everyone in my district to know that i'm here from our district mm -hmm. um i want to be able to be a voice but also be present um, and I am a part of a lot of community things, like I was telling you earlier. Um, and so I just want to continue that momentum. Um, this is really just a platform um, on the highest level, you know, with the highest respect where I could continue the work that I already do mm -hmm. behind closed doors. Um, and I just want to make sure that not only is it just students that are being heard, but also the parents that these students come from and the educators that teach them every day. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Well, it's been a lot of fun, Chrissy. Um, again, this is Chrissy Ransom running for single member district uh, place two yeah. for Brian ISD. Um, election is 
I should have asked that earlier. Uh, is it <laughs> the, the 8th election of, date is the 7th of November. 7th of November. Mm-hmm. So make sure everybody come out and vote. I mentioned this to you before, but uh, on October 6th, Habitat for Humanity has mm-hmm. what we call our candidates build. And uh, we invite all people running for elected office, all those who are already in elected office and the general public to come out to our build site. You can go to habitatbcs.org um, mm-hmm. if you're interested in more information. Uh, but again, save the date, October 6th. We, we hope to see you out there. Absolutely, we'll be there. Awesome. Yes. Good Thank day. you so Good much. The Think Process podcast is brought to you by Bryan College Station Habitat for Humanity. Our mission is a community where everyone can afford a home they're proud of. Habitat is a 501c3 charitable organization, so we do not make political endorsements. If you'd like to support our work in the community, you can make a tax-deductible donation online at habitatbcs.org. The Think Brasses podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts and on our website at thinkbrasses.org. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel if you'd prefer to watch videos of our conversations. Thanks for listening, and just remember, think local, think Brasses. Think Brasses.